You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Two, one. See, now I've left that in there. We're live. This will be good. <laughs> we are live. This is Sherwood Park District Soccer Association's Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of said association. And um, you know what? It's going to be a banter session today. I've got Digo Vinder, I've got Charles O'Toole, and I've got Dan O'Drummond. Yeah, the four horsemen are back together. Or what, what's the other name the for Fab us? Four. Fab the Fab Four. The Fab Four. Wow. Yes. Back at it. Glad Glad to, to throw some things at you because there's a lot coming around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. It's good to have you back. How was Montreal? Fantastic. You know, already throwing that F-bomb out there. Yes. <laughs> um, what a place. I've never been. I've never been really past Toronto. And, uh, really? Yeah, this year I got to go to PEI and uh, Montre- Montreal. So Whole new world uh, out there for you, unbelievable. hey? unbelievable. Really what, what, what did you think of Montreal? Yeah. Um, very old. Very old school. Like in... like. Uh, the buildings and uh, like it's a got like a European, European vibe. Yeah, European yeah. Vibe. It was yeah awesome. We stayed, that. we stayed uh, in just off St. Catharines, but we were out out in Old Montreal majority of the time, just walking around. Yeah. And man, was it amazing! And the food, poutine. Oh, everything. Did you try any of the hot dogs? Because they're actually I, famous for hot dogs. You know what? Too. I did not have a hot dog, but went to some amazing restaurants. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Really, and, really awesome. And I have to thank you. Uh, D was kind enough to bring back uh, steak, steak spice. spice from Lester's Deli, one of the best delis there. They're, Schwartz's and, and Lester's are the two big Montreal smoked meat deli places to go to. But yeah, we uh, thanks we, for that. We took a trip out there. Um, just because of the, because of you, D Dub. Uh-huh. Just because of you. <laughs> well, as long as you enjoy, yeah. You said you enjoyed but the meal. No, so it was, it was, he, he it was paid great. for the trip. It was good. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we had a, we had a little bit of a deal going on. So, uh, no, but we wanted to go um, experience something that was authentic. And you you had mentioned this uh, this deli to us, and we were like, okay, well, we got to get out there. So, uh-huh. you know, we brought you back that safe spice, but uh-huh. we also decided to uh, you know, bring back some for a little bit for a little bit of everything for the for the whole staff. Yeah, here, so, yeah. much appreciated. So, yeah. yeah, so everybody's got to waiting till summer now. I can't wait for <laughs> you know, it. But, but uh, Charles doesn't cook, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Well, that's why I bring D in to do that. <laughs> for sure. Because you don't know, oh, he's, he's also a chef. D's a major chef he's for sure. A, he's gonna bring D in to cook his food. He's hey? got a fantastic wow. grill that Charles he does. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Do doesn't you? know how to use it though. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get <laughs> so you to come over to my place because my Anytime. my I, grill's brand new. I've used it once. I don't go anywhere I'm not invited. Oh wow! Well, you're invited. Anymore. You're invited <laughs> more. Yeah. You, you can no, come. Made that mistake once, <laughs> never again. <laughs> well, ours is seven days a week. <laughs> I, I, I've only got two chairs, so. <laughs> but you're more than welcome to come over. <laughs> we'll have to change that during this new year as well. Um, so yeah, fantastic to have you back. We are going to uh, delve into not necessarily Sherwood Park District um, topics. Uh, although th- I'm sure they're going to come up. We're going to talk a little bit more just soccer in general. Uh, and, and let's get it started. We're, we're talking about the licensing process and coaches who, I mean, obviously, if you want to go on to coach, depending on the level you want to coach, you have to get different licenses to, um, well, just to make sure that you know how to coach the game. I mean, I, I think I think there's a lot of people out there who can coach this game. People have been around it. Um, obviously, the licensing gets a little bit more intricate in the details of the game and, and how to express um, the thoughts on how to play the game better so you can uh, fire it out to your uh, athletes and, and be able to get them to comprehend the game at a different level as well. But 
question was posed yesterday by Charles, does licensing actually make you a better coach? Or does licensing uh, in general, by going through these different programs, um, does it make you a coach? I think it's a combination of a few things, right? I think you need to have the experience. I think that um, either playing background or even coaching experience, you know, and then also using that necessity of, of getting your licensing uh, to progress you on as a, as, a, as a coach, right? So I know my, my experience, it took me a very long time before I stepped into the coach education uh, stream of things. Mm-hmm. And I look back at it and I say, man, why didn't I do this five, six years earlier? Why didn't I get my provincial B seven years earlier because could have progressed uh, my career maybe faster. So um, I think it's a necessity if you are looking to take your career in a, a long-term uh, direction to get those licensing in and try to get them in. But I do think the experience and being uh Being working with teams of all different calibers and levels is very important as well. Mm -hmm. Being licensed is one thing, but being a coach is another, in my opinion. I mean, as as Dee's touched on, you can refer back to your experiences as a player on how you were coached and how you can coach your players that you're under your charge. Uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of really, really good coaches who have no licenses. Mm -hmm. You even see that at the professional, well, not at professional level, but at college or university, you can actually see that there as well. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah, and I I mean, it's prevalent through through probably all sports, Uh, but us being focusing more on soccer, uh, I mean, you see it within the city here as well. Uh, I I know of two or three coaches who are coaching at a very high level who haven't done their licensing at all in there. But that's not to take away from actually going for your licensing. I think that is a good thing. I think it's a good thing for your organization. And I think each time you take these courses, you're going to learn something, something that you may not have realized. And, I mean, there's a way you know how to do things, but there's a way to teach things as well. And you have to be able to deal with each player on an individual basis because each have their own learning. It's not necessarily the way you see it through your eyes, you have to look through how you teach someone through their eyes as well. Mm. And people often say, you like to be treated, you treat people the way you like to be treated. But you know what? Sometimes you have to treat the kid how they have to be treated. So some like to, you know, be encouraged, you know, get a kick up the butt. That's the way they're motivated. Mm-hmm. Others, you have to take a step back a little bit. You have to sort of nurture them a little bit more, and then they progress. So in a way, you're almost like a barman. As well, does that does that come from the licensing thing where it where it gets you? Because I know, again, with those licenses, it really depends on who the master coach is that's running that course as well. Um, I can speak to Jim Lachlan, for example, the the ASA technical director, who's now moving on to the CSA. Uh, as of February, he'll be a full time CSA development. Coach development, uh, coach co- education, coaching, yeah, yeah, coach education uh, person. But uh, when you're dealing with his courses, there, there, there's just so much. He's just such a good orator to start with, yeah. um, and his knowledge base is so massive. But it, it's just it leads you to understand a little bit more, I think, about how to not only run the session, but how to read the players and athletes that you're dealing with, as you've just talked about. Because yeah. there's not a lot of of those master coaches that'll get you to talk more on the athlete side of thing and what they're expecting. Well, in, in Alberta, in our soccer programs here, yeah, like there is maybe, maybe four or five yeah. 
master coaches in yeah. there, and all all being taught by Jim. Yeah. And that's all within the last three to five years mm-hmm. that that's actually occurred. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have to get a little bit more better uh, in developing coaches along those lines. Yeah. But it's like you said, like, a player can know how to do something instinctively. Mm-hmm. As a coach, you have to teach your players how to do that. How to think that way. How to think that way. And, I mean, like, what we may take as granted, like, how to even receive a ball. Mm-hmm. We may have to break that down for our younger, especially our younger age groups, how, how to actually do that. Mm-hmm. Like we move side on, we're open up to the field, our foot is slightly off the ground, so we cushion the ball as it comes in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, players who have played the game and are now coaching, they may not see how to do that. Yeah. And so we have to be able to do that. So I think the licensing program tends to break those things down. So we break it down to its basic elements, mm-hmm. then we can teach it. Now, now for you, Dano, you, you actually, in the summer months, went through the B national mm-hmm. portion of... of testing for yourself yeah um and for you it's obviously wanting to get uh more advanced in your your Mm. abilities to coach and the knowledge base that you want to get to how did you feel about it how did you feel about both the course and and is it is it going to make a difference for you in the long run yeah no i think i think so for sure it was it was an enjoyable course it was it was nice that it was hosted here in alberta um i definitely enjoyed the course and i think a big thing that you know, we haven't touched on yet is um, Charles can probably speak to this as well. Doing his national A is just the connections you make with other coaches and what you learn from your your peers mm-hmm. along the way of their experiences, what they're doing on the field, and you make kind of I don't want to say lifelong friendships, but at the same time you make good connections. I have a buddy in BC now that's working with the Whitecaps, so we catch up every now and then um, just in regards to what he's doing and share some different materials and whatnot. So it's good. Um, I think those courses are great. It kind of puts you sometimes out of your comfort zone a little bit, which mm-hmm. I think you need to challenge yourself as a coach to do that. And I think that's a positive thing about the licensing program. Um, I would agree with Charles and Dee saying, you know, um, there's coaches out there that, that can coach very well and, and they haven't gone through that pathway yet. Um, everybody's different. Everybody's different, right? It's just like the real world. If you're... Um, you know, if you're a plumber or something like that, you may be a fantastic plumber. You gotta you gotta go the route to get your ticket or whatever it is, right? To to get the credentials to to get to a certain standards. So that's what it is, right? But a big thing is gonna be off experiences and I think something too for coaches is their personalities because there's some there's some coaches out there that can relate to the players very well. And at the end of the day, if the players have a smile on their face and they're taking on the information and it's proper information, I think that's all the better, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's your personality with the players and how you're dealing with them and how they're coming off and enjoying their session. So, Yeah, uh, I, I, and I, I see that a lot. I was going to actually say how was the goalkeeping component of that course, but... Uh, I won't go there. <laughs> I don't have enough adjectives to say how <laughs> it was out of this world. Um, so we were just—it's funny because we were talking about how coaches relate to their players, and um, you know, especially if you have an ability to have just a rapport with other people mm-hmm. in general, regardless of whether it's a player or just just person. If you're able to relate to people, mm-hmm. um, again, regardless of age, I think that's gonna lend itself to being a better coach in the long run Mm -hmm. if you have the knowledge base. Talking to one of our own coaches at a session that you ran yesterday, Mm -hmm. um, part of the conversation was was the fact that they didn't think um, they had enough of a knowledge base to continue on with this group. Mm -hmm. Where I I thought that, you know what, I, I still think that 
there's something there that obviously you're doing correct. And, and although as a coach, if you see that your players, you know, are, are ready to take on more information, you may not have that knowledge base to start with. Mm-hmm. I, I still think it, it really depends on you as a person, whether you want to continue on yeah. the coaching pathway or not, yeah. because it doesn't have to be your main job, but it's like anything else. If you want to get better at something, if you want to be a better guitar player, you have to learn and actually practice. So I, I think it's, um, I, think, I don't even know the point I was trying to make. I think it was just more that um, I, I, I don't want to see people get out of the game because they don't think they're at a high enough level. Well, I, th- I think in that case you're talking about, uh, th- this coach might feel a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, okay. the, ki- the kids are getting better. Yeah. And, I mean, he's got them there. Yeah. I mean, he's been doing something right. Yeah. It's when he's seeing coaches that are coming in or, say, licensed. Yeah. And now running the sessions like our tech leads or that. Yeah. Uh, that's when he's feeling a little bit overwhelmed. But that's why at the SPDSA we're running these coach education courses. So we're showing the coaches we're taking sessions out of our curriculum mm. and actually running through it with the coaches and showing them how to actually run the sessions. Yeah. So we want to try and get away from them feeling intimidated mm-hmm. by that so they can go back once they've been to these courses and then run those sessions with the confidence that they're teaching the thing properly and, and, and the kids are learning. And, I mean, it's, it's already happening. We talked about it earlier this morning. Our teams now, from the start of the season till now, are showing huge improvement, like not not only in skill level, but actually now in games and in standings. Mm-hmm. Our teams are starting to progress up the tables now. Yeah. Some of our teams are sitting top of the table mm-hmm. already, whereas the start of the season, that wasn't the case. Yeah. So, again, credit to the coaches. Yeah, and, I mean, sure. we're getting a regular good turnout to these coaching education sessions. We're, we're averaging around 20 to 30 mm-hmm. coaches coming out. Each time. Yeah. And now we're stepping up again uh, come next Friday, uh, January 18th, where we're bringing in another component uh, to it that will be, I think, uh, invaluable going forward. Yeah. And that's not, it's not just a one-off thing. This is going to be something that's going to be going at least for the next six to ten sessions yeah. going forward. And, I, and it's continual. I, I, I think the learning, you, you always learn. You're, you're always learning when you're, even if you're just watching other people coach, uh, you know, outside of these... Um, sessions, the coaching sessions that we put on, you're going to pick something up. You're going to see something. I mean, it was the way I learned to start with was just, you know, watching what's going on in a game or, or, or seeing something that's done. It, it, I think you have to change the little switch in your head occasionally. And, and this was also part of my conversation yesterday with, uh, with some coaches was that when you're watching games, you got to break them down a little bit differently. So you have to look at them from the perspective of not a fan, but look at them as a, from the perspective as a coach. So you can see within an 11 v 11 game, like a, a regular game, you can find those little elements and components within that game that are going to help you to, to develop and to um, pass along the information to your players. Well, I know, like, when I watch a game, like on a Saturday morning or anything like that, I, I'm watching the games, but I'm also thinking in my head, okay, what's the type of drill we can use to create those situations mm-hmm. or practice those situations that these teams are doing? I mean, too, like, Dan talked about player management earlier. Top coaches in the world, all the credentials, all the knowledge, but can't manage the players. Perfect example? Mourinho. 
Yeah. The, the, the atmosphere in the dressing rooms was toxic. Mm-hmm. Players did not want to play for him. Mm-hmm. But yet this guy, one of the top coaches in the world. Yeah. But unless you've got that player management, I mean, you have to. it's, it's almost like a holistic approach you have to take. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be the manager in this one, but you also sometimes have to be their friend yeah. in there. And then you're trying to establish that chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so, yeah, some of the people aren't licensed can do that. Yeah. They have that, like you said, that personality. Yeah. But there's other guys who are maybe book smart. And they know that everything technically, they know how this is supposed to be done, mm-hmm. but they can't relate it to the players. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? We're going to take our first break here. This is uh, a, a good topic that will continue on to the next segment as well. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Uh, you know what? I think we're going to be sponsored by Icon this week. Just throwing it out there. But uh, we'll be right back. This episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is sponsored by Icon Experience Photography the SPDSA's official photographer. And we're back. (laughs) What's around the corner, Dano? (laughs) As you chuckle there at the table, across from Chuckles. Your facial expressions, man. My facial expressions? (laughs) You know, I'm the the Jim Carrey of podcasts. The Jim Carrey? You should be on TV, man. I was going to say, what's going to happen when we actually go live? And by the way, folks, around the corner, we are going to be going live to Facebook for the first segment of uh, the lovely podcast. There we go. Bigger and better. Bigger and better. So camera in here as well, too? Yeah, there'll be cameras set up at the other end of the... Lovely complex here. He's going to come in in a tuxedo that day. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. By the way, this is Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. You see how that's flowing now? That actually that rolls off the tongue. Before it took you about nine minutes. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, would, I would stumble over it's everything. It's, it's been a year. Speaking of years, it's now 2019. Everybody used to that one now? Getting there. Getting there? Getting there. I know. I was, I was commenting in the last podcast how it didn't roll off the tongue. But 2019. It, it actually really does roll off the tongue. I, I think once you get into the 20s. 2020? Yeah. That's going to be 2020 will be easy. Yeah, that's going to be easy. But it's when you start adding 2023. <laughs> like, like that's... 2028. <laughs> now, when, when is the World Cup here? 2026. 2026. That's a while away. Canada. Right? That's... the States and Mexico. That is crazy. So we were talking about licenses. And does it make you a better coach? And the consensus was? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. <laughs> you, you're right. I, I, I think as we were discussing, I, I think a lot of it comes down to personality, your ability to relay information regardless of what that information is. Uh, it's amazing to see, you know, when, you, when you're in conversation. Are you about to yawn? No. You, you were swallowing a yawn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Dano finding <laughs> finding D-Dub a little on the boring side. Um, but that's okay. It was a long uh, day yesterday. It was, was a long day. Yeah, I know. You were up, <laughs> up at the crack of dawn for uh, a little McEwen session. At, uh, and you're kind of boring, but that's okay. I, oh, great. I'll, I'll, I'll be very honest with you, D-Dub. <laughs> but, uh, at the beginning, of when I started coaching, I was very, very young. And... and I was that person who thought, why do I, why do I need to be taught by some other person? You have that like a little bit of a naive mindset sometimes as you as your coach because yeah. you know you have your own philosophy, you have the way that you want to coach, you have the way that you think that it is going to be successful. But I think the best things about those those programs that are out there, the coach education programs, is that you get 
you get so much uh, you know information, and you opens your minds open your mind up so so big to different ways to approach things. And and I'll say it again, like experience is going to be something that's always gonna gonna take you forward as a, as a coach mm-hmm. and and dealing with situations because you have to have those experiences. Like when Charles was talking about uh, dealing with different players, even not even players, but you know dealing with if you're coaching the youth ranks, you're dealing yeah. with parents, you're dealing with um, how much fundraising you're gonna you, you know you gotta do how much what tournaments you're going to go to all these different things that come into not necessarily putting down uh, a training session on the field um but the coach education piece for me was very very eye-opening and like Donald had mentioned the the networking yeah is, is huge um and when you're able to run a session in front of your peers, like you know, go to those those cor- uh, those courses at least in the beginning, uh, prior to how things are going now. But you're you're running those sessions with your peers. Mm-hmm. You're running those sessions with the people that you've been working with. So that brings your confidence to a different level. Yeah, you know. For sure. And when you step onto a pitch, maybe you're not as intimidated by either the the situation, the kid, or whoever. Um, when you're getting assessed, you know, you're going through an assessment process. Yeah, you feel a little bit nervous. You feel a little bit like taken back, like, oh, might have to go through this. He's got four people over here marking what I'm doing. Am I doing things right? Well, but that's just preparing you for that for that next that next level. When you get into a game, you have to be confident when you're making your changes for t- to, to tactics or strategies mm-hmm. or you're making substitutions or you're trying to analyze it. It, it gives you a, a big, a big, um, you know, wide variety of, of information for you to, to be successful and also to build yourself up. Yeah, I think I think for me, I, I love the information portion of the courses. I love being around the camaraderie that you have with the other coaches that you're working with. I also don't mind the assessment part of it, but it's the for some reason I, I I've struggled when I go to these courses on the written portion of it. Hmm. Um, I have no problems with somebody watching what I'm doing and saying, you know what, I would probably change this or do this the next time you run a session similar to what you're running here. Um, it, it's that written element for some reason. It was the same thing in school, and I've yeah, had some people with that test anxiety, right? Yeah, yeah and, totally. And, and I think I definitely have part of that. And I, and it was a discussion that I actually had with Jim Lachlan about um, about going through that element and and how difficult it was for me, at least. And and I know there's other people out there that go through the same same emotion when it comes down to actually a written test. Uh, type thing. I'm, I'm much. I'm much better with just the assessment part of it. Running a session, having someone there. Jo- You're going to yawn again, aren't you? No, man. No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the facial there. <laughs> wow. Let's get the camera on now. <laughs> I'm just sitting here looking at okay, you. Okay. Got a smile. Or you want me to frown? <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm just winding. I'm looking at that door. I might hit that door. In a oh, all right, all right. <laughs> so anyway, I think that the biggest thing for me was making sure that. Uh, yeah, that you know, if they because they were making a change, they were actually going to make a change with regards to how the testing because or of you? assessing. No, no, oh, just because in, you? no, no, not it's because all about of you, you, isn't it? Just in general, because 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 people <laughs> out there know know the anxiety. <laughs> oh, forget. Well, they they've, you guys they've are started on your own. it. They've started it for sure. Like I know going on, you know, the national B. Uh, I believe now it's like it's videotaped. You you mm-hmm. have an opportunity to get your session. You have an opportunity to work with your team or whatever like that. And when you're ready, you you mm-hmm. were able to go and do that, which is different. You know, I know when Dano and I were in the provincial B together, um, it was a week long course, and we, yeah. we had to struggle through it to to get to the end, and then we had to do the assessment right at the end. So, but 
I think that they're listening to the feedback that are given to those co- to the coaches, just like yourself, that have been on the, the courses, and they're trying to adapt to make it better for everybody, right? So, and I, and at, at anything, and more information, more education is going to be better for for anybody down the road. Um, but I do agree with 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 Charles and Dano, and to say that there are very very talented coaches that are out there that, you know, maybe are not in the mindset that they need to be uh, licensed because it's not necessarily their their first priority to become a professional soccer coach. And I think that if you want to be a technical director, a professional coach, anything that um, is going to give you uh, a title, I think it's important that you have, uh, have a, a licensing background or work towards it. Well, I'll ask a question around the table. Like when you're playing in a game, do you hear... The people in the stands, or the people in the sidelines, when you're actually playing in your game, do you actually hear them? Daniel? Um, I'm trying to think now. On a Monday night, the indoor center at 10 p.m., not a lot of people there, so probably not. Um, but as I'm playing youth, I would say, like, no, for the most part, you block it out. Yeah. But yeah, would be for sure. Yeah, you, you done? I don't play. <laughs> no, but when you did. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, th- I think it's. I think it's more like what Dano just said in between yawns. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that uh, I, I probably just blocked it out as well. You would hear important things when a coach got animated. You, you'll hear loud, the coach, and you it's funny. Hear you, you'll hear your coach, yeah. and you'll hear the players on the field. But I know, me personally as a player, I, I couldn't hear the people on the sidelines. And I think when we do the coach education thing, that's what we want to have them approach their sessions when, if they are going to be testing. Mm-hmm. Take rid of that anxiety. You're focused on the people on the field and what you know. You don't hear about anybody else. So that's the confidence we want to put in to our coaches yeah. going for their license. So they're not intimidated. They can go in there confident. They can run the session. They don't care about who's watching, who isn't. So when they go in front of their peers to be assessed, yeah. it's not an issue. Yeah. Chuckles just hasn't heard his name chanted by 5,000 people, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's Chuck, right. Ghost, Chuck, 10, Ghost. 10,000. <laughs> hey, listen, and, and it, talking about the coaching aspect of things, the ASA is is lost their technical director. Yeah, we, Jimmy Lachlan. Yeah, we, we alluded to it earlier on, but Jim Lachlan is uh, moving on to the CSA, and uh, now they're going to have to find someone else to fill those shoes, and, and they're definitely big shoes to fill. What are your thoughts about uh, the ASA having to move forward? Is it, you know, positive? I think it's just a credit to ASA and to Jim that, you know, it's kind of our guys going on to into this role into the CSA. So I think that's a positive thing. So, yeah, it's a big role to fill. But at the same time, I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll have a few candidates in mind. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll go great. I, I spoke with him just before Christmas. He was out at uh, a session that I was uh, also at and uh, discussed about bringing him on as when he's part of the CSA, and he didn't know whether he'd be able to come on or not yet, because I know he's going to be with the CSA, but he'll still be based out of Alberta. Hmm. Um, Obviously, doing the role he's doing, a lot of it can be online, I'm assuming. Um, And and the CSA is going to allow him, I guess, to to stay at home more more or less in in regards to... uh, you know, the job and the details that he's going to be doing. But it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, from an Alberta Soccer Association 
set up. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, to see Jim in that position because what he did on the coach education side in the province was second to none. Um, I hit the guy put on so many miles throughout the throughout the province. Yeah. You know, um, to go and driving to different uh, corners of of small towns or or the cities just to 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 have anybody who's interested to get their licensing started or to continue their licensing. Jim would jump in his car and and, and go to those small towns and go to those areas and say, yeah. oh, you know what? If you can't come to us, I'm going to come to you. Yeah. So that was exciting, and and I thought that was an exciting time for. Uh, the female coaches in our province because there was a lot done with the female uh, coaching uh, education stream as well too mm-hmm. and in the last year or, or two it was it was it was awesome to be uh, able to to be involved in that in those education pieces because it was it was great to see what he what he did for sure yeah uh, well it'll be a good thing it'll be a good thing for the country and I, and I'm very excited to like all of us around this table, to see where Jim can take things. We're sad that he's gone from us. For oh, sure, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, now, as a, as a country, yep. we're going to benefit in the long run from, from his abilities and his, uh, his ways, so to speak. Um, listen, we're going to take another quick short break here. And uh, when we come back, we're just going to throw it open to uh, just uh, any sort of discussion uh, that these gentlemen would like. And, you know, and then we'll find out what Charles is actually texting about. Um, So we'll be right back. You're listening to Soccer Talk New Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. This episode of Soccer Talk of the Park is sponsored by Icon Experience Photography, the SPDSA's official photographer. And we're back. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I just want to steal your thunder there. Oh, go ahead. Thunder. You do it. Here we go. And we're back. Oh, that's it. No, that's all I had. What do you mean? We're back. This is Soccer Talk of the Park. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The official podcast of the SPDSA. Yeah, or the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. See, it rolls off the tongue. I'm trying to. I'm trying to learn these guys here. Listen to me talking like I'm from. Learn these guys. I'm gonna learn these guys. Beverly Hillbillies. I've got to teach them to to take over for me one day. Yeah, you said this uh, when these other guys weren't in. I thought you were going to learn us. how to work the equipment and. Uh, like you know, Daniel, you might want to set up this board uh, just in case I don't make it. So well, wait till the new board shows up. And then look out. I'm going to be able to take phone calls, you were saying. Uncle DW here is, uh, went a little crazy over the holidays and yeah. uh, was able to uh, pick up some new gear that we're hoping will translate to some fantastic. <laughs> first time I dropped the F-bomb today. Um, <laughs> it, 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 some, some really good sort of podcasty type stuff. Podcasty? Yeah, it's more it's interactive. More interactive. And it's all around the corner. And we're, and we're going live? You say we're going live? <laughs> yeah. So the thoughts are that we will go live for the first segment on Live to Facebook. And so anybody out there within the club, any member of the club, actually anybody in general that happens to be on Facebook and go, well, look at that. There's uh, there's the four horsemen. There's the, 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 <laughs> the Fab Four. There's the Fab Four. And they're live. What are they talking about? Okay, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll move on. And This uh, is 45 minutes? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 15 minutes. Oh, okay, uh, the right. first oh, segment's 15, 20 minutes okay. long. And uh, yeah, we'll just do the first one live. Uh, th- that, and then if it's really well-received, 
if more than three people listen, <laughs> then we'll uh, we'll actually uh, do it more often. Well, I'll have to you, change the time that we do it. You caught me off guard. Yeah, so it, it's something that we're looking towards doing, and uh, we're gonna have to get a launch date and everything. You know, build a it up. Launch yeah. date. So that three turns into seven. Seven people watching it. I think it'll. I think it'll be more than that. Which is, I mean, I look at the. It's funny because I can, I can see how many people actually listen to the podcast. Now I know it's Jano twenty out of those times, but, um, for the most part, uh, there are people out there listening, which is fantastic. So do we have to change our time then? You know what? That might be a possibility. Uh, I'm thinking. You know, uh, right now we record the show in the uh, sort of the morning hours of a Thursday. So we get uh, overtime. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Uh, I think. I don't even have a joke on that one. Yeah, 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 we won't. We won't go there at all. Um, <laughs> but I think the biggest thing that we need to really concern ourselves with here at the SPDSA is getting rid of those gingerbread houses. We're, we're quite well, decorative. We're if anybody well, wants to come down and try them, uh, we're open <laughs> yeah. 9 to 5, Monday I, to Friday. I don't think you'd want to try them, but uh, we had a contest over the holidays, which we've spoken about on the uh, on the podcast, the last ones, uh, a gingerbread contest between the tech staff and the admin staff. It was basically the guys versus the girls is basically what it was. I was very sad I wasn't a part of that, by the way. Oh, you were you were in Montreal enjoying Montreal well, smoked n- meat. Not I, quite yet. Not quite yet. I was, I was at the academy. We had a little oh, that's of a, right, that's we had right. a flip day where we had a... That's right. That's right. In. Um, and the tech staff actually won with their lovely um, log, cabin. <laughs> log cabin looking gingerbread house. And uh, I must say the detail is is quite is quite fantastic. Well, I I, I actually uh, you know throw that all towards uh, Ashley uh, Blaubaron's uh, help and uh, <laughs> and uh, and our dental staff guy who uh, <laughs> whose, whose steady hand and ability to work on the detailed end of things was fantastic. Okay, that's the third time I've dropped the f bomb. I, I was really hoping not to use the term. Fantastic anymore. It's funny. I'm just, if you could only see this, if we were live right now, all eyes were just gazing at the gingerbread houses. In awe. In awe. Is it going to be July and we're still looking at these things or anything? You know what? That's a possibility. I'm just looking at the. Uh, I don't know. I think we should keep it up there just for administrative stuff, just to maybe learn. Wow. <laughs> Education piece. <That's>, <laughs> I don't know if uh, the Queen Bee GM would like us uh, talking like that. What do you think? I think she's ready for next year. I think she is too. I oh, think. she's already been on the internet. I know. <laughs> Getting ideas and making yeah. sure that they're set up for the the next season. A standard has been set. Standard has been set. And speaking of standards, Dano, what's the deal with? Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea what I was just about yeah, to I'm say. Like, Where is he yeah. going? With <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about a little, how about a little segment about DW? Hey. What's, no, new, what's new with DW? What makes DW tick? Yeah. I'll, t- I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you. Other than the fleas. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of Coke Zero Vanilla Ooh. or Cherry. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. That makes me tick. What about the tattoos? You got any tattoos? None. Come on. Really? Yeah. When I, when I was None. in. None? None. D? Yeah, I've got a few. Oh. Oh. Well, let's talk about D's tattoos. <laughs> Where are they? Any of them have names to them? Um, one's like a religious symbol. It's like an om. Okay. Yeah, on the back of my on my shoulder, and then an I'm om. Just, an om. Yeah. Om. Yeah. One of those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like oh, the, I never I answered your name question. Um. Yeah, and a few just like randoms, sayings, sayings and sayings. Like He's got Kelsey written all over his arm. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are the sayings? 
I like to lollygag and do nothing. <laughs> but along those lines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> D-dubs, uh, any tattoos? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've just messed you up, haven't I? <laughs> yes, I've got tattoos. Look at that one. You gotta explain this one to us. Okay. Well, th- this one was more. Uh, it's his arm. He's showing us. I'm, I'm, okay. showing, I'm showing them my arm. <laughs> yeah, it's not dad and then going to Adidas, if you know what I mean. Uh, this is this is uh, Betty and Veronica from the Archies because I. Uh, a lot of it was youthful stuff. So when I grew up, I was into the Archie comics. There's a guitar there because I love guitar. Any regrets? And it's a Kiss guitar. I saw I that machine gun guitar kiss. on your Facebook page. The front uh, did, you, did you enjoy that? That was good. That was a good picture. That's what the holidays were Chuckles, all about. Any regrets? Any regrets? With the, tattoos? Uh, with the tattoos? You know what? I think for me, I've got them high enough up on my arms that even as an old sagging guy, although, <laughs> although I'm not that old and I am sagging, but uh, <laughs> it's not. I'm not too worried about where they are. I'm in a t-shirt now, as you guys can see, and you can you can see a little bit of the tattoos if the sleeves are a little short. Reflection the so, guns now. Yeah, <laughs> what guns? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just it's in general how you feel about yourself. I see people with full sleeve mm-hmm. tattoos that are. Uh, you know what? That are interesting. Yeah, I was chatting with my dad over the holidays, just watching the Premier League, and he just couldn't he couldn't fathom how much like tattoos and the business of the Premier League is. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at even championship players, and they've got full sleeves. You almost know if they're a Premiership footballer or a, a player but by the sleeves. Just by the sleeves. And you look back in the '90s, and you've got like I don't even want to say Roy Keane, but Roy Keane, Neville, John Barley. Like, they're just like they're just nothing. Yeah, they just they just. Didn't have tattoos. Now, do you think that's do you think that's part and parcel with the amount of money these players get paid? Yeah, it's just like and 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 the amount of time that they have. Because don't get me wrong, I can appreciate the athletes for what they are. Mm -hmm. uh, But let's be honest: you train two hours a day. And then you're off. Yeah. Then it's That's hair. it. Then it's to the hairdresser or the barber and exactly, the tattoo parlor. Exactly. Or in, in some cases, I've been to some of the clubs in, in England and Scotland where some of the players go straight from training to a bar. And they'll, they'll spend an afternoon there. Not necessarily drinking their faces off, but, I mean, it's, what else do you do? Mm-hmm. And, and you think of the younger players that make it up there that are, like, you know, gaming the whole time or... Yeah, I'm not sure. I can see the bar thing for sure. I think that's like a, a cultural thing though, over there. Um, yeah, maybe. I was watching, um, I don't know for sure if you guys have seen the Netflix uh, Sunland Till I Die. I was watching yeah. that over the Christmas holidays and I'm, I'm, some of the things that, that they had going on, I'm just like, you guys are professional soccer players. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding? But I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's... But there's still I, almost a lot of kids still. Yeah, oh, I know. And, and that's the whole thing. I mean, athletes in general are the younger, the the late teens, early 20s. Um, and that's their that's career. And that's, that's, a, that, that's, yeah. exactly. that's time span. Well, they, make so much, they make so much money. I know um, like uh, Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester, when he was at Manchester United, actually put clauses in, into contracts for some of these younger players uh, because they were sponsored by General Motors mm-hmm. and they would all get like a free car or something like that. But uh, he put clauses into their contracts where they couldn't get like a, you know, a, certain a, colors, a certain or, colors certain or certain vehicles and stuff like that. Um, because they were just young and or, or the certain like you know, like a, a big sports car or something you know, like that. So so they were all given minivans. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's it's crazy to think like some of the things that were going into it, right? Like and yeah, when they talk about how much money they get, like the tattoos, the hairstyles. Like yeah. I mean, my dad, my dad, that's the biggest thing about about him. He looks at a 
player and he's like how can this guy play with you know that blonde stripe down the side of his his head it's like it's just like you never thought about that back in the day and I mean I I say that about the two hours a day I mean it really depends on the league you're in and I know that a lot of these players will spend an entire day at the Mm -hmm. club Headquarters. Yeah. They'll 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 have to get their fitness work. Uh, yeah, work, they'll do fitness recovery. work, and, and then they'll go out and train, and they'll come back. It'll be either recovery work or some aspect of uh, an indoor type training session that they they might have to go through. So they're there from I don't want to say nine to five, but they're there longer hours, mm-hmm. uh, especially at the top top flight. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I mean, and, and I guess it depends on what the. Have oh, you seen some of the lunchrooms? And these oh, facilities, that's amazing. like yeah. and the food at these, yeah. these you could live there. there. They're pretty. It's, wow, it's funny because I've been in those rooms, and they're they are fantastic. And even wow. in the MLS now, you have places like the new facility that the Whitecaps built was oh, it's unbelievable. phenomenal, unbelievable. Yeah, and, and, and the food place where they actually have chefs in there making the meals, and and uh, again, it comes down to the nutrition of your athletes and your players, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Well, but you I think, mean, it, you think these athletes are getting it too soft now? Too much money? Too soft? Well, so I, when they when they finish their career, a lot of these athletes don't know what to do. Yeah, I guess it really depends. I I don't know much about the the ins and outs of of uh, the pro leagues and 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 especially in Europe and things. But but I'm, I can equate it to like the NHL, where they actually, if you play four hundred and fifty games. We talked about this the yeah. other day. You get actually pension. get part of a pension, mm-hmm. uh, a pension, like a full pension, or full that, pension, yeah. um, which I know is over six figures for most of these guys that play that 450 games. But as an athlete, it's still tough to get to 450 games. Yeah. There's what 89, 90, 90 games a year, 82, 82, yeah. 82 games a year. So you have to multiply that by uh, five. Let me, let me get my abacus out. <laughs> if, you, if you look at yeah. the NHL, it's also salary cap as well, too, right? So like a lot of players are not going to get, you know, three, four seasons in mm-hmm. like they would be in the in the past. Yeah, I think it's who you surround yourself with, right? If you've got good people and good advisors. Um, yeah, I, I've watched a 30 for 30 documentary on, I think it was called Going Broke. And I just talked about these high level athletes of how, you know, they went bankrupt. Yeah. Alan yeah. Iverson. Yeah, like some people knew what to, how to handle their money and some people didn't, right? Like it's 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 tough. You're a young guy, you've made it, you're famous and you're getting all this money and you know what do you do with it? Do you have smart people around you that's investing it for you or advising you or you're looking after your family, but yeah. Or, I mean, or do you have the leech leeches hanging around you and you're right, the, on, you're the entourage. Yeah, you're yeah. you're being bled dry by your entourage exactly. Yeah. That's uh that's crazy. Money's a, money's a great thing as a, as a younger athlete, and, and you're hoping that you're smart enough that it's going to help to sustain you the rest of your life, or at least give you that nest egg or cushion that you need. But I mean, we're um, talking about this like a nest egg or a cushion, but you got to think about it, how much some of these like pr- premiership footballers make. Like the kind of good players on like a hundred thousand pounds a week. I know that's crazy. It's well, like, so that's like three quarters of a mil a month, like more or less Canadian in yeah. around there, right? If yeah. it's four hundred thousand pounds, like, it's crazy. Like uh, like our friend from Man U is playing for uh, DC United now. Rooney, no, Rooney, yeah. Rooney. He was on three hundred thousand a week. Yeah, a week. That's crazy. Three hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, a and week. then you got to think about like you know your endorsement and your images and your. Uh, it's nuts. Like it's, it's 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 crazy. I uh, I I like to think that it would be. I and, and then you you look at that and you come back to like say a, a CPL league, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be starting up. I know in the NASL 
Get players' salaries ranged from I'm sure it was like twenty four thousand a year to just over a hundred thousand. <laughs> I saw that, um, yeah. but I mean, Charles is young. That sounds. Again. That sounds. <laughs> I mean, it's a decent wage for anybody. For like sure. for for regular work, especially like I said, for for most of those NASL teams back in the day, you were only working two to four hours a day. That was it. So to earn that kind of money mm-hmm. was pretty good. But I also know some players that actually had jobs outside of it. Yeah. You know, part time working in restaurants or bars or or you know different different I know things I played, to help supplement. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. Like we went and practiced because our practices were from five to seven at night. Uh-huh. So I was able to hold on a job like from seven thirty to four thirty, and then whoosh, scoot right over to practice. Yeah. In there, I'm not sure if hmm. that was your case as well, Daniel. I wasn't in your era, though, Chuckles. Well, that's true. We were the golden years. <laughs> so so what, are you t- what are you talking about? You made big dollars playing? No, I was 18, right? I mean, I was, in, yeah. I was living the dream. I finished high school when I was 18, and I got to travel around the U.S. and Canada and just play and make a little bit of money. But Did you actually – and I'm not asking how, how much you made, but you, you made enough to sort of – well, it's, I didn't make enough to live on. No, no, I lived at home. Like yeah, I yeah. was an eighteen-year-old kid, right? Yeah, but yeah. it was, and that's the case. That's the case nowadays too. Yeah, the moment if it's a younger player and they have a chance to live at home, they're not going to make as much as it was. Just it was kind of like the dream of you know signing a professional contract and it being in Canada, right? I mm-hmm. think I remember Joe Petroni at the time said, "You guys can sign these waivers and make yourself a professional, and or stay amateur, and you can be eligible to the states." And I thought, well, "I don't want to go to the states." And you just want to sign a professional contract. You just want to be like, oh, this is so cool. This is so cool. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, that was that was a fun time. Crazy. That was 2004. Well, it's like 15 years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, time's, that's time's just flying right? by. And I know we, we actually had this conversation uh, a while ago about uh, younger players. When you, when, you, when you think back about just talking about your, your back in the day playing in, in X, yeah. X League and, and most of the young players today have no clue no. And that there was a to, pro league back yeah, like then. Talking to Connor James who signed with FC and he's like, oh yeah, I knew about Aviators a bit. I think I went to a game. I was eight. And I was like, oh yeah, huh? that makes sense. <laughs> <No, I'm not. laughs> Alright. It's, it's funny. Uh, I was talking to coaches as well too. We're all, we all talk about facilities and oh, we need facilities and you talk about the dome. We talk about all these things and I'm like, I remember 17th practicing Street. in 17th Street Warehouse s- Warehouse Soccer Center or the back that was carpets. Yeah. Our two or two sessions a week was inside uh, junior high gym. Yeah. Like that's what we got back then. And now it's like, oh, what do you mean we don't have a dome? What do you mean we're not on turf? Uh, what do you mean we're not playing eleven v eleven? Like what? Like what is going on? You dialed it's, your phone. <laughs> exactly. <It> dialed. <laughs> <laughs> and Even, it's 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 crazy. To, it's crazy to think. I'm like, well, that that was actually a long time ago. And we're old when we're talking about yeah. the generation yeah. now and we're saying like, yeah. oh, these kids don't know how easy they got it. Back <laughs> in my day. <laughs> Stuff our fathers day. used to say and oh, mothers used to say. Uh, yeah, you know, I could go walk to school uphill both ways and through the snow and yeah. And, and the it, kids are just looking at us like, well, you used to be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you're just old. <laughs> hey, listen, on that note, we're going to wrap things up here for yet another edition of of Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Hey, if you have ideas, if you have thoughts of any kind that you want uh, to be heard or you want us to discuss, please feel free. Send us an email. Let us know what's going on and what you'd like to hear, and we'll, we'll try and work it in, okay? So for Dano, Charles, and Dee, thanks for listening. Thanks, buddy. And thanks, Paul. Hey, no worries. See you again. Yeah, we'll see everybody again. We'll talk to you later. 
You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. 